The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. And today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. We're going to recap the last couple Wolves games here, both the Rockets games, which occurred over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, and the Nets game, which just happened this evening. I'm actually recording the podcast here on Monday night, so I just finished watching the Nets game. Let's get to it. First off, just want to let you guys know to follow me on Twitter at BeefStew69. That's B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. Follow the show on Twitter at well as well. We're at Hoopball Wolves. They're going to have all this news for you. It's really a fantastic feed. Just looking for quick-hitting stuff on the Wolves. Turn on your notifications for it. They'll tweet out when new shows come out. They'll tweet out, you know, recaps of the game, all that kind of stuff. So be sure to check them out over there as well. And check us out at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, whether that's DFS content, uh, fantasy, betting, other team podcasts like this, all that stuff you can find over at hoop-ball.com. All right, let's start with the Rockets series here. The Timberwolves on Friday defeated the Rockets 107-101. to It was an incredible ending. If you didn't watch this game, spoiler alert, the Wolves were down. They were down by 16 with about three and a half minutes left in the game. And they closed on a 22-0 run to not only win the game, but to cover the spread. Which, as someone who bet on the Wolves, this hit a parlay for me. I won a pretty I won a pretty substantial bet off this. So I was a very, very happy person on Friday night. But it was it was a really weird game. I mean the Wolves were horrible for most of this game. They started off kind of strong, but it was it was mostly a bad game. So the Wolves did not play particularly well. I want to give specific shout-outs to a couple guys who were not good. Ricky Rubio was 0 of 7 from the field. Made two free throws. He had two points. No, he did have eight assists. But this this was not a good game for Ricky. I mean, he was really good defensively, was Ricky Rubio. But he he didn't do anything offensively for this team. Anthony Edwards was also bad. I mean, this was one of his worst games, I thought. He had 12 points. Um, he did have six rebounds. But, you know, the rebounding's been up for him lately, which is positive. But he shot four of 17 from the field. That's 23.5%. And two of seven from the three-point line. That's terrible. Genuinely, it was an awful game for him. He got benched down the stretch. He absolutely deserved to be benched uh, down the stretch. I saw some folks saying that they thought that, you know, you should never bench your young star down the stretch like that. And I, you look at the stat line, 4 for 17. And, it, you know, he wasn't playing good defense. He, he is not a good defender. So when he isn't shooting well, there is no reason to have him in. It was a very, very bad game for him. 
and it was, you know, a lot of what we've seen from him that's frustrating is he'll attack the rim, and sometimes he doesn't get calls, and he doesn't finish at the rim. And so then what he does is he starts just shooting. And so he'll start chucking up threes, and there was a lot of that in this game. Uh, Again, two for seven from three. He'll start chucking up mid-range shots. You know, we complain about... D'Angelo Russell shooting mid-range shots, and I completely understand that. Mid-range shots are the least efficient shots in basketball. But for someone like D'Angelo Russell, he's an elite-level mid-range shooter. So you're going to take those shots because if you can make them at a very high clip, they start to become sort of efficient shots for an offense. Anthony Edwards is a bad mid-range shooter. You know, like, for instance, Carl Anthony Towns has been taking a lot more mid-range shots this year. Those mid-range little jumpers, especially the little one-foot thing that he likes to do now. But he's been making those at a decent clip. And it's been a fairly efficient shot. That is not the case with Anthony Edwards. He has been a terrible shooter from the mid-range. He needs to only be spotting up and driving to the basket. For 90% of his possessions, I, I, I don't... I don't know really what to say about that other than that. It was bad. He's, like I said, very bad defensively. So hopefully we don't see that much. Moving forward, that is my hope. We're going to talk a lot more about him in the next, obviously. In every game we talk a lot about him. Something I found really weird and interesting is Jared Vanderbilt has, you'll notice this theme here, he's falling out of the rotation. You might ask why or who and who, uh, who is he falling out of the rotation in favor for? He is falling out of the rotation in favor of Juancho Hernan Gomez, which is something that just I didn't understand when Finch started to do it. I thought, well, Jared Vanderbilt's better than Juancho Hernan Gomez. You know, we signed Juancho to this terrible contract and I think we kind of forgot that there's a lot Wancho can do. He's a good rebounder, and he's generally a pretty good scorer. He's not fantastic at anything, but he's kind of okay at a lot of things offensively. You know, he's a, like I said, he's a decent rebounder. And, you know, he can spot up better this year. It's been much better so far in the last couple weeks than it had been before that. So I'm... I'm starting to kind of come around to Juancho Hernan Gomez as a legitimate rotation player again for the Wolves, which is good because, you know, maybe if we're starting to come around to it, the Wolves are able to move off of the contract, which I think is something that they want to do. We shall see how that goes with Juancho. Uh, we'll talk more about him, but in this game he did have 19 points and a team-high plus 19. I mean, this was one of the weird things. He was playing good defense. He had two steals in this game. It was good. It was just a really solid outing from him. Someone else I want to give a shout-out to is Jaden McDaniels, who was 5 of 5 from the field, including two three-pointers, made two free throws. Nice to see him make both of his free throws. And he had four rebounds and two blocks, so 14 points. He was a plus 9. As much as I like Jared Vanderbilt, Jaden McDaniels, I think, has proven he is the best player at the four for this team. And we'll talk about in the next couple games, you know, one of the things that 
we see a lot of with him is he's being tasked with, okay, go ahead and guard the other team's best defender. Not to give too much of a spoiler here, but on Monday against the Nets, Jaden McDaniels was guarding James Harden a a decent chunk of the time. And no one's ever going to do that good of a job against James Harden, but he had a couple possessions where he really stopped James Harden and made really fantastic defensive plays on James Harden. It's very hard to do that. But back to this game. Um, Yeah, I mean, this game was really down the stretch. They decided they were going to run the offense through Carl Anthony Towns. And I haven't mentioned him yet. Here it is. Cat shot 9 for 26. Not a very efficient day. 29 points, 7 of 8 from the line. He had 16 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal and a block, 5 turnovers. It was a plus 9. Christian Wood was just having his way with Cat. Early on, it was like those two having a battle. Late in the game, Christian Wood couldn't handle Carl Anthony Towns, which was kind of astonishing to me because Wood is a really good player. But Carl Anthony Towns made him look like what he is, which is someone who hasn't been a starter in the NBA for very long. And Carl Anthony Towns is capable of making guys look not very good. And so he he had a really solid game. He shot uh, four of nine from three. So, you know, the three-pointers are really coming along. He obviously didn't get some calls. That's how it goes with him. Played 35 minutes. Carl's awesome. They were running the offense through him at the end of the game, and that's how they won. They won this game by just saying, go get him, Cat. And then Carl Anthony Towns figured out how to will them back into the game, both through playmaking, through setting screens. Really, he was all over the place. During the last few minutes of this game, Carl Anthony Towns was the reason this team was able to come back. Not surprisingly, I'll say that I've said it before, I'll say it again. This team goes as Carl Anthony Towns goes. When Carl is awesome, this team is awesome. And when he's not, this team is not. Now, he's had awesome nights where the team doesn't play as well, but he certainly has a huge impact on how the rest of this team plays because he's so flippin' good. All right. Now, this is the part of the podcast where I talk about the Wolves losing to the Rockets. So imagine that game. The Wolves play a poor game. They're down to a really bad team very late in the game. Except they're down by more, and there is no comeback. That was this game. The Timberwolves lost this game 129-107, to and they did have a little run at the end. It was not close. It was a blowout in every sense of the word. This was the worst game the Wolves have played all season, bar none. And it didn't start out that way. At the beginning, the Wolves looked very engaged defensively. It looked like Ricky Rubio, I, I, I tweeted, Ricky Rubio looked like a man possessed. He had like two steals in the first five minutes of the game. He ended up with three steals and a block and ten assists. So not through scoring. He impacted this game in a positive way. He was only a minus two, which in a game that your team is down by 30 most of the game is pretty impressive. But that there's very little about this game from the Timberwolves' perspective that was impressive. Big news was it was the return of Malik Beasley, who promptly had 
arguably his worst game of the season. 4 for 17 from the field. 3 for 12 from 3 point. 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. A minus 16. He was horrible. And it's not just a matter of scoring with him because he's not a good defender. He he has occasional moments where he appears engaged defensively, but when he's not shooting, if he's shooting 25%, he is a huge negative on your team. Now, he doesn't do that very often. Again, he's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. He's able to hit at a 40% or higher clip. So I don't expect this going forward. But end of the day, he was terrible. He had a bad game. Someone also had a terrible game, Anthony Edwards. Now, Ant's last line here doesn't look too bad. If you look at it, you go, shot 50% from the field. He made three threes. And he was only a minus five and he had 27 points. So let's have a look here now. If we just sort, I like to do this here. If we just sort by the first half, you know, when the Wolves were still in the game, Anthony Edwards shot four of 10 in the first half. In the third quarter, shot one of three. So overall, wasn't super efficient. And then in the fourth quarter, when they were down by about 30, he goes six of nine. He had 15 points in the fourth quarter. The game was basically over in the fourth quarter. He got a ton of garbage time points and brought this team about 10 points closer at the end of the game. It was frustrating because, you know, you look at the line and you watch the game and you you feel two different ways. When I watched the game, I felt like he had a bad game. And then I look at the line and I go, statistically, it's not that bad, but he just got a bunch of garbage time. And that's that's exactly what happened. Anthony Edwards excelled in garbage time when people weren't really guarding him. He just kind of got to the rim when he wanted to. And it was it, it was disappointing to see. The worst thing about this game, probably, is that the Rockets, they, they had Kevin Porter Jr. in, who wasn't in the previous day. But they didn't have Christian Wood. They didn't have their best player. Unless you think Kevin Porter Jr. is their best player, but I think it's still Christian Wood, so they didn't have their best player. And they were much better. Kelly Olynyk had an incredible game. Kelly Olynyk played great defense on Towns. He was a plus 21. He had 16 points. Kevin Porter Jr., by the way, who I mentioned as the other person who might be their best player, shot 10 of 15 from the field. He had 29 points. Excuse me, 25 points. So plus 29. So they the Wolves couldn't stop anybody. And they couldn't hit any shots. Here are some of the lines from some of the Wolves here. Wancho Hernan Gomez coming off of that 19-point game on Friday night. Looked good. He played 28 minutes. He played 17 minutes, 9 points. Minus 10. Nas Reed, who had 16 points in that game they won. Played some important minutes to keep them in the game. Two points. Jordan McLaughlin, zero points. Jalen Noel had nine on three of nine shooting. Again, Rubio shot one of five. Carl Anthony Towns shot seven of 11. Now, he went to the line a bunch. 
So when you look at it and you see that Edwards attempted twice as many shots as him, well, Cat also went to the line 12 times. So they attempted a similar number of shots, but they shouldn't be attempting a similar number of shots. Cat should always be attempting more shots than Anthony Edwards by a good chunk. But Cat was fantastic. In, in the limited stuff he had, he had 7 of 11 from the field, 11 of 12 from the free throw line, 15 rebounds, 4 assists, he had 2 blocks, he had 27 points. And then finally, Jade McDaniels. And I want to start to talk about him as we transition into talking about the Nets. I want to talk about Jaden McDaniels because I genuinely am fully bought in now. Jaden McDaniels is this team's future power forward. He will be their starting power forward opening day next season. Book it. Now, of course, that take does get some, you know, caveats. If they trade for, I don't know, Anthony Davis or something to start at the four, then sure, Jaden McDaniels won't be starting at the four for them. But I have a feeling he will be starting at the four, and if he's not, he'll be starting at the three. I don't know, you know, if something will happen with Blake Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, but I think he will be starting next year for this team. He's been awesome, and I do want to sort of use that as a transition into the game against the Nets, because frankly, this, just to sort of wrap up the Saturday game against the... Houston Rockets, it made me feel so sad. It was hard to watch. It was easy to check out. I saw Britt Robson saying he was done watching it with five minutes left. There wasn't anything to see. It was an absolute massacre. A terrible game for the Wolves. Their worst game of the season. Really their worst game of the season. And they followed it up with a game that was almost one of their best games of the season. So I have no idea what to make of this team. One moment, they look like they are genuinely one of the worst teams in the NBA, like they did on Saturday. And then Monday against the Nets, they were competitive with a really good team. And I will say... I want to talk about Jaden McDaniels. He spent a lot of time guarding James Harden. It's really hard to guard James Harden. That's that's what we found out today. Harden had 38 points. He shot 12 of 13 from the free throw line, um, 11 of 25 from the field, 4 of 8 from three-point. He also had 11 rebounds, 13 assists. James Harden is incredible. He is one of, in my opinion... He's one of the very best offensive players in the history of the NBA. Like top three, maybe? Top four? He's in that discussion for the greatest single offensive player in NBA history. He can score just... I, there's just nothing like it. And it's frustrating to watch on the opposite side. But And I know people don't like James Harden, and they don't like the way he plays, and they complain about it, and they say... You know, that he's just got the, the officials in his pocket or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't 
I don't buy it. I think that if if it were as simple as flopping all the time and not playing defense, that a lot more players would flop all the time and not play defense. So I do think that Harden is on to something in that regard. For the Timberwolves' side, Carl Anthony Towns was awesome. Shot 13 of 22, 4 of 8 from 3-point. He had 12 rebounds, 5 assists. He had 3 blocks, 31 points. Just a huge game for Cat. He only got to the line once. Shot 1 of 2 from the free throw line, which is kind of gross. I mean, frankly, just a little bit surprising. But... I think that Cat, you know, he's going to take his 22 to 25 shots, and some days he's going to get to the line more than others. But when he does get to the line, he's better, certainly. And in his second game back, Malik Beasley was not any better. 3 of 12 from the field. All three of his makes were three-pointers. It was 3 of 10 from three-point range. He had one rebound, four assists. Nine points, he was a minus eight. Again, Malik Beasley is there to do one thing, and it is shoot three-pointers very efficiently and provide a little bit of offense in other ways. He can handle the ball pretty well. You know, as a as a third, I mean, when everyone's healthy, he's going to be the third ball handler on this team. So as the third ball handler, he's very, very, very proficient as a passer, and, you know, can cut a little bit, but he's there to shoot threes. When he's not making them, he's not good, and that's more of that in this game. Anthony Edwards I want to talk about as well because he was much better in this game. Now, he started off kind of rough, but he ended the game 9 of 22. Um, He had 23 points. He was a plus 5. At the end of the game, he was playing inspired defense. The Wolves were down at one point with about 40 seconds in the game. The Wolves were down by three. And Anthony Edwards came down the floor. Excuse me. uh, Kyrie Irving comes down the floor. Anthony Edwards stole the ball from him, ran down, dunked it, and got an and one. Now he missed the and one, the free throw to tie it, which was really sad because then Brooklyn makes it two. And the Wolves need to take a three. Malik Beasley took this weird contested three. It didn't make sense. Jim Peterson on the broadcast thought it might have been a broken play. I have no idea. I don't know how the last three possessions of the game, they did not go to Carl Anthony Towns. And it didn't make sense to me. Then on the very, I should say, the very last possession, once it was a four-point game already, they did let Towns take a long contested three it was a terrible shot but there was there were two possessions before that where the team was I believe down by one and then another one where they were down by three where Carl Anthony Towns should have had the ball in his hands and didn't that was to me confusing and disappointing but you know it's going to happen. You're going to have rough things like that. Another shout-out to Jaden McDaniels. 
had another great game here. And this is really, I just want to hammer down. Jaden McDaniels is better than you think he is. He spent a lot of this game guarding James Harden. Now, I mentioned Harden's line. Harden's really good, right? But there were genuinely a couple of possessions where he shut James Harden down, which is so incredibly impressive. How many guys in the league can even do that? He was able to stick with James Harden and then block him. He's fast enough. He's athletic enough to stick with a guy like James Harden. And then he's long enough to be able to block him. I think he had two blocks on Harden. He had four blocks overall in a steal. Just a fantastic night for him. 5 of 11 again from the field. He had 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Look, if the rebounding is coming together and he's going to get 6 or 7 rebounds and he's able to pass and he's playing that kind of defense, I mean, Jaden McDaniels is going to be not just a solid, but a very good NBA starter. So, yeah, this this is officially becoming a Jaden McDaniels podcast. That's the determination we've made today. Um, if Malik be, or if uh, D'Angelo Russell comes back and plays well, it's going to be go back to being. Um, it never was, but it, it will be a D'Angelo Russell podcast if that happens. Until then, you know, it is a Jaden McDaniels podcast. Um, let's see, anything else here I want to talk about? Uh, Jer Culver played 16 minutes and had 8 points. He made his only free throw, which is incredible. He made a free throw. Um, he was pretty good early on and then just disappeared. Ended up being a minus 12. Uh, Nas Reed only played 9 minutes. Wancho only played 7 minutes. And Jared Vanderbilt... Did not play in this game. Nor did Jake Lehman. And those were not injury related. They were just out of the rotation. A big part of that is because Jarrett Culver again played 16 minutes. And because Jaden McDaniels played 38 minutes. 38 minutes and 5 seconds. Incredible. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Let's roll him out. <laughs> you know, he played almost the entire game. He was on there for 38 minutes, like I said. Basically, when he wasn't out there, they put Wancho out there for 7 minutes. Great. Let's let's see it. Let's see Jaden McDaniels. Let's see what he can do. He was making threes, rebounding, contesting shots. Awesome game from him. And Jalen Noel has had a little streak of inefficiency from the field, missing some layups and... I think he's going to get back to that. You know, for him, it's he's usually taking about eight or nine shots a game. So if you think about it, the difference in one shot can be the difference between shooting three of nine with nine points or four of nine with 12 points. And, you know, those little things like that are going to make a big difference. And then, you know, it'll end up all evening out because he'll have a game where he goes five of seven with 13 points or whatever. So I wouldn't worry about Jalen Noel. He's been awesome as a secondary uh, playmaker off the bench. And he's been able to provide something defensively, which has been very encouraging. I I was happy to see that. Um, and then Jordan McLaughlin, he had sort of a weird game too. 
you know, he took five shots, which was nice to see after he took zero in the last game. And he made one. Now, the one shot he made was a three-pointer, actually. But then he went one or two at the line. He did have four rebounds and four assists. But not a great game from Jordan McLaughlin. Looking for more from him. I mean, really, this... And, and this is sort of what I want to talk about. Because thinking about the Rockets series and what this team has sort of become... And the things that we want, you know, we talked in the very first episode of the podcast. We had Ben Beacon on, and I asked him, as a Wolves fan, what do you want? You know, what, what should we be expecting from this season? What should we be cheering for? You know, what? how do we watch this? Because it's been bad. And this is how you watch it. You watch this game, and you say, yeah, they just lost to maybe the, the best or the second best team in the NBA barely lost to him. They had a chance to beat him. They made a run at him late. And the two best players were Carl Anthony Towns, your team's franchise cornerstone, and Jaden McDaniels, who was your late first-round pick this year. And your next best player was your other first-round pick this year. This was a very encouraging game from a Timberwolves perspective. I was very happy to see the way it shook out for them. I would rather have had a win, obviously. I think that would have been impressive. You're not going to win them all. And you're probably not going to win many against the Nets, in, in all honesty. So, let's look forward here. The next time that we will see the Wolves play, we'll be hosting the Knicks at 7 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. The Knicks are a much improved team, thanks to Timberwolves legend Tom Thibodeau. Also thanks to a couple other Timberwolves legends, including Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson. I'm sensing, uh, not surprisingly, Tom Thibodeau went to the Knicks front office and said, I need you to get all the guys that were on the Bulls for me in 2012. That's the team I want. You know, he'll play R.J. Barrett and those guys. He'll play Julius Randle. 37, 38 minutes, whatever. But really, if he could have it his way, he'd be trotting Lou Aldang out there. I wonder if he's asked Lou Aldang to come out of retirement. Anyway, the Knicks on Wednesday night. A winnable game, for sure, in Minnesota. I want to make sure that we're paying attention to the status of D'Angelo Russell. I don't think he'll be back for this game. I think it's going to be more later in the week. We're looking at him being back. Let me pull this up here. just want to look at the Wolves' schedule. Um, Friday, they're in Memphis. So I anticipate he probably wouldn't be... He's probably not going to be coming back on the road. And then in Philly on Saturday... Um, so I would say it's probably going to be early next week. Probably expect about another week after they come home from that road trip. I would anticipate that's when we see D'Angelo Russell again, but who knows? Maybe he travels to Memphis or Philly and plays one of those games. Monitor that. 
And one of the best ways to monitor that, go on Twitter, follow me at beefstu69, B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. Follow John Krasinski. He's the Wolves beat writer for The Athletic. He's fantastic. He's a big place where I get a lot of my Timberwolves news. Follow the Hoopball Wolves feed. It's at HBWolves on Twitter. And make sure to check us out at hoop-ball.com for all the basketball content you're looking for. DFS, fantasy, sports betting, and other daily, or excuse me, other team podcasts like this one. Folks, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Hoopball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. And we'll see you next time. This has been a Hoopball presentation.